Ugh, I love this movie. I haven't seen it. You haven't seen this movie? <laughs> Fourteen? Fourteen. Is this the end? I'm gonna sing everything. Everything is going to be in vibrato. <laughs> Just like. Just like. Hugh Jackman. Yo, Hugh Jackman. You'll be <laughs> swell. Uh, yeah, it's fourteen, and actually, Damn. so we've decided that each season is going to be fifteen episodes long. So we got long. one more. So we have one more. Man, what are we gonna do? I don't to know. End yet. it all. Yeah, we have to find a musical that Megan hasn't. Well, it seen. could be that I'm also open to us changing it to something oh, okay. else. So That's... maybe we could start off the next season with something the musical yeah. we haven't seen. But I'm just, you know, I just whatever. want this last one to be a good one. It needs to be a good one. It needs to be one I haven't seen. You have not seen. So I say. I mean, I know what I'm gonna vote for. Okay. But... I don't have anything to vote for. Right. (laughs) I don't have any ideas. I'm going to force it upon you. Okay. Because I'm a man. You are a man. I'm going to mansplain this whole last episode to you. Okay. Yeah. Great. So it's going to be great. Okay. You're just a woman with a small brain, with a brain a third the size of us. It's science. Because I'm I'm excited for you. (laughs) Uh, So, anyways, we don't actually, since we recorded literally two days ago. Yes. This is not like, oh, what you, what have you been up to? Because we we just talked about it. Yeah, essentially. So, unless something happened in the last two days that you would like to talk about, um, I've done three workouts and that's great. Had the best grilled cheese sandwich in New York. You also told me about some very loud woman on the oh, subway. Oh, there who was, was this emphatic busybody about on the, her on the uptown A train of New York. Oh my lord Jesus, she wanted nothing to do with New York so, about how she was this Yes. Walk me through this though. Did was she already on her rampage Suddenly, before you got I was awake. No. <laughs> when did was she already in it when you got on the train or did it happen? No, it as happened you were... organically okay. during the ride. And I was listening to uh my audiobook of Stephen King's It of course for you the thirtieth time. Of course you were. Narrated by Stephen Weber. That's... If you have Audible, you need to download this book. It's an amazing it's book. Forty seven hours long, I think. Right. But it is so goddamned good. So the woman on the train. Yes. So this is, I was heading back uptown from doing my CrossFit workout because I'm a good person. And <laughs> I hear this woman like in between like the quiet moments of my audiobook about sure. she, she's just being kind of loud and talking about sushi for some reason. Right. Yeah. And I turn around and she's just like giving this guy the what for because he has a small container of sushi that he's eating on the subway oh that's right as away from everyone as he possibly can he's not like he's not like some bad smelling bad looking homeless person no, who's it's like, not like bothering people really or anything like that food. it's not like he can smell but it's not it bad can. but i could i was equidistant from this guy as she was i couldn't smell a thing sure that being said i have horrible allergies <laughs> irregardless she was ripping into this guy, just uh-huh. like, ugh, this guy's eating this sushi on the subway. Can't wait to get out of New York. I'm a nurse, and I live, like, I can't wait to get back to California. Not Hollywood, but Southern California. Like, I'm five minutes from the beach. I have four dogs, and I took a pay cut to move here, and I hate New York because everyone's so rude. You go to California, everyone's so nice. 
they say hello and they look you in the eye. Someone pushes past you here, they don't even turn around and say blah, blah, blah. And part of me, if I wasn't dressed head to toe in like work attire because right, you I were, work at a gym. You were heavily branded. Right, heavily branded. I would have told her to go fuck herself and get out of the city, essentially. Like, you don't like, like a get true the fuck New out. Yeah, essentially, like, I'm sure you're a nice person, like but it. actually, I'm not sure you're a nice person. No. Because you're complaining about a lot of things. Right. I have better things to listen to, so get the fuck out. Right, shut that up. That kind of thing, you know? And I i was born on the West Coast, not in right. California, but, like... No, but we're born I and understand. bred West Coasters. Yeah, like, we, I'm used to nice, warm hug, or you know, Oregon and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I'm like, I've met some amazing people oh here. Oh, my God. And, so, and I think she had a few drinks. She was dressed in active wear. Active wear, active wear. Waiting for the bus in my active wear. Active wear, active wear. Buying active wear in my active wear. I can't say it should, didn't look like she'd done a workout, but right. I think she went to brunch and had a few too many sure. bottomless she sangria. She was doing curls with mimosas. Right, yeah. Right. One-arm curls with mimosas. Right. So, anyways, I guess that was the most exciting story of the day since we've recorded the last six, 36 well, that hours. Sounds about, that sounds good. Yeah. yeah. Mm. I did a couple of uh, dog walks on Rover. There's... <laughs> There's uh, one dog that I, I, I walk. I do that in the Potter. In, uh, whenever I hear Africa by Toto. Because there's that, the, the line where like, the wild dogs cry out in the night. And I always go, <laughs> like, in sync with the song. <laughs> wild dogs cry <laughs> out in the night. <laughs> <laughs> and I crack myself up. I bet you every do. Every time. Why does that not surprise That's me? That's it. That's all. Um, I was going to talk about that, but now that, that actually brings up a point. So something I brought up. Communism. The, no. Oh. <laughs> the second second world. Sec Let's change the subject! <laughs> no! Something I noticed that while I was in Oregon, I sang all the time. Mm -hmm. When I was at my mom's house, mm -hmm. when I was at my dad's house, mm -hmm. when I was in the car. Mm -hmm. Clearly when I was in the show, I True. sang. Yes. But I don't sing when I'm here. When I'm at home, I don't sing when I'm here. Mm -hmm. And I realized, I was like, why is that? Why do I feel like that? And some guy, like a petitioner or something or another for someone running for Congress, came oh, to our door last night, yeah, right. and said, like, hey, you know, Maria Lopez is running for Congress. Are you, you know, interested in petitioning for her? We're mm -hmm. like, no. So, but I was like, oh, but it's hot. You know, do you want me to go get a LaCroix for you? I had startled him at some point. So as I was grabbing the LaCroix and walking back, I said at this level, I just scared the shit out of him. He heard every word I said, clear as a bell, walked, in the hallway, outside. You walked by the fire door when you said it. I might have. That, maybe that's it. But even, too, you were doing dishes today, and I could hear you standing at the elevator. Oh. So everything that we say or do in this apartment is heard in that hallway. The sex that we have. <laughs> okay. I wasn't going to say it, but yes. We have a very healthy marriage. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Okay. So... <laughs> Uh, so that was just something I realized and I really get self-conscious about people yeah. hearing me practice. Again, and I remember telling you this, it's no different than hearing whoever practices an instrument one floor down, which is an yes. amazing thing about our neighborhood. Oh like, my God. If you let me just contrast out, what this woman was yeah. saying on the train, like on any given weekend, we leave the windows open whenever we can. Yeah. We just got back from the Irish pub on the ground level of our apartment yep. because they play live Irish music once every month mm -hmm. on Sunday nights. Mm -hmm. It's a two-person 
I don't, would you call it a band? Sure. Because it's two people. It's a duo. It's a duo. One has a violin, another has a guitar. Yep. And they play nothing but original Irish songs. Mm-hmm. And the lead singer is actually Irish. And mm-hmm. so it just threads in with the whole experience. But we leave the, the windows open. And then there's the flautist the that flautist lives across, across the, street. the street. We have nothing but there's like. There's a the, violin, a couple of violin yeah. players. There's a guy on the first floor, <laughs> actually, who plays drums for The Tonight Show. Yeah. Who No, no for a. Oh, Stephen Colbert, because he does yes. it. Yeah, he's on The Tonight Show. Yes. yes, you're right. So it's very bohemian here. We have yes. artists of every type, genre, race, creed, playing all sorts of different instruments, including themselves. Right. So part of me is like... <laughs> they play themselves. They play with themselves. Hey. And so <laughs> they play the skin flute. Whoa. And you, <laughs> you can edit this out. Uh, uh, <laughs> shut the doors. Anyways. So I think, in, in my opinion, yes. pull your boobs out. Pull my boobs out. I'm gonna mansplain all over them. All right. I I don't see a difference between you singing like a nightingale and someone else playing their flute down the hall. I guess. I don't. So loud. Unless someone like pounds on it, like I feel like someone's done that before. That where they're like, shut. Well, yeah, I was warming up and the window was open and someone across the street yelled at me to shut up. (laughs) Who fucking cares? I know. So I closed the window. That's what I would say. I was like, all right. Right. So, anyways, I just. That's something I noticed, something I'm self-conscious of. But, you know, singing, though, is something that we are talking about today Mm -hmm. because we watched The Greatest Showman. Yes, we did. Do you want to go? Ben, I just, I, not even 15 minutes into it, I looked over to him and I said, you don't like this movie, do you? And he said, I do not care for it. (laughs) But that's okay, because we don't, we don't both have to like the same movies. No, we don't. Uh, You know. Thank the Lord. Um, So I'm going to do the IMDb. Yeah, because you saw this movie before. Yes. You'd you'd seen it once. I had not seen this at all before last night. I actually saw it one and a half times. Really? Because I watched it again on the plane to Chicago. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of ashamed, but that's all right. Again, I don't, I don't dislike it. So okay. that's that's why I watched it again. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, okay. So at any rate, uh, so Greatest Showman. Um, this is directed by Michael Gracie, which actually this is his directorial debut. Good for him. Uh, written by Jenny Bix, a screenplay. Um, it was actually nominated for an Oscar, mm-hmm. and it had a couple of different uh, other nominations, um, starring, of course, Hugh Jackman. Mm-hmm. And Zac Efron. Um, Zendaya. Zendaya and Michelle Williams. Williams. Yeah, Heath Ledger's widow. And uh, Rebecca Ferguson, who was in the uh, Mission Impossible movies. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's about... As far as recognizable names. I right. Think so, yeah. And so, basically, where did you find... Oh, plot synopsis. Yeah, on IMDb. Um, the Greatest Showman celebrates the birth of show business and tells of a visionary who rose from nothing to create a spectacle that became a worldwide sensation. I feel like that's a very vanilla synopsis of this movie. Oh, it's something you'd, like, put on a cereal box. Yeah. Which is what this entire movie is. Okay, but it's not. Yes, it is. Right. Uh, so, you clearly have a lot of thoughts about this. I did not care for it. I know you didn't. And you will, n- nary will you find a bigger Hugh Jackman fan than yours truly. Oh, and I'm, I think we delved into this a little bit. In I'm our still Logan editing podcast. that stuff out. Yes. Because you, you. For the better part of 20 years, I've the been only this man guy. that both of us love He's and very, would leave the other person for. Essentially. Yes. I'd climb that like a jungle gym. Exactly. He's six foot five. Yes. 220. So, um, he's one of the, he's one of the reasons I got into acting professionally. Like mm-hmm. if I can have as much fucking fun as this guy's having. Yes. Not only yeah. that, he is legitimately talented. He right. is, I would put him up there with the Justin Timberlakes of the world. Oh my Lady God. Lady Gaga. 
the people who are so well-rounded entertainers, mm-hmm. you know, but also can, like, really bring it when they want to. Right. Yeah, I love Hugh Jackman. Did not care for this movie, though. Right. But he's also been in movies that I've not cared for. You didn't like Swordfish? I can't. <laughs> I keep bringing that one up because uh, it's the fucking worst movie I ever. It's so bad. I didn't like Swordfish. It's so bad. It's rough. It's... But that was... You know, he had to he had to get some movies made. I know, he was, it's he a was mortgage new to movie. It's a mortgage movie. He had to I pay for it. that house. I get you know, it. Same with Travolta. What are you selling again? At any rate. So I wanna hear your thoughts. You do. Uh, yeah. Okay. I, I want you to head, spearhead this entire So, thing. here's the thing. So, basically, if you haven't seen Greatest Showman, I'm just going to give a little <laughs> bit more of a shakedown because I feel like that's a terrible synopsis, what I just read. We will say this is a sugar-coated version mm. of the life of P.T. Barnum mm-hmm. and about how he rose from poverty and squalor. Uh, to become a incredibly successful showman. He did so by going through a couple of different failed attempts at kind of being a little bit of a shyster. Let's call it what it is. He had a couple of failed business attempts and finally rested and found success in creating a show about celebrating people who are different. That's what this movie wants to portray. Now, with that said, I keep in mind that you are just staring daggers into me right now. I keep in mind that this is massively fabricated. Mm. This is not at all what P.T. Barnum was like. Mm. Apparently, he was a tremendous asshole Mm. and did terrible things to animals, as we all know, because Mm. now elephants and such are not allowed in the circus because, Mm -hmm. thank you, PETA, we have gotten rid of that bullshit. Mm. But this was basically a a sugar-coated, sweeted version of what his life was like to lead up to his initial success of creating Mm -hmm. the... P.T. Barnum and Brothers Circus. Mm -hmm. Um, So I like it. Why do you like it? I like it if you take it for what it is, if you don't try to make it into a musical historical rendition of what actually happened, that would be more the Sweeney Todd version of The Greatest Showman, which I'm not going to lie, I think could be very fucking interesting. (laughs) But with that said, this was more to appeal to like families and younger audiences. Oh yeah. Um, This was to people who love high school musical, you will love Greatest Showman. Um, Zach Efron is in both. Zach Efron is in both. So and gives equally <laughs> bland performance. Yes. He's just older and has a little bit more cheekbone uh, in this apparently one. Apparently people who lived back in Barnum's time do CrossFit. Apparently so they do. That's Um so uh I liked it just because I love the songs. Mm-hmm. The songs are incredibly catchy. You like the songs even though you I... don't like the music the, the show. The uh I mean this might get into a little bit of my opinion on the movie. That's okay. Uh, the musical numbers were the highlight of the movie. They are. And I understand it's a musical. It is. Um, yes. There you go. That, But I, I don't want to get into mine. Okay. I know so, so I like that. I thought that the story was weaved well enough together to be able to kind of tie all the numbers together. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't look at me like that. <laughs> Your eyes got huge. You went from like squinting at me way too intensely <laughs> because to giving of what me you just said. massive eyes. <laughs> um, let me have an opinion. Uh, You're being so PC about this whole thing. You're like, I think it was it was woven together enough to you know. All right, put, like all a, right. Sew it okay, up. here it, we go. Shut the doors. <laughs> 
Do you want me to say what I really think? I would love for you to say what you really think. This is a McDonald's movie. Ah, This is not good for you. This is not made of quality stuff, but damn if it fucking doesn't taste good. (laughs) This is French fries, milkshake, chicken tenders, and burger. Mm -hmm. This is Mm -hmm. not quality. Mm -hmm. That is okay with me. If you take it for what it is. If you pull into a McDonald's Mm drive-thru and expect to have a steak... You're going to be fucking disappointed. That's not what this movie is. <laughs> this movie is something fluffy. It's fun. It's something that you put on yeah. when you are sick and you do not want to have to deal with too much exposition. Mm-hmm. This is easy. It's fun. <laughs> it's sweet. It's something that you and your kids can watch and enjoy while you relatively take moments in and out to check your social media because you would rather be doing something else, but then can check back in and still enjoy what you're watching. It's Sesame Street with more interesting characters that are better looking and not Muppets. It's fine. That's what I think. Great. And I think Hugh Jackman is incredible. I did not care for, uh, what's her name that played Jenny Lynn. The opera singer, quote unquote. Rebecca Ferguson. That was that. Her story was bullshit. It was the most massively fabricated out of everything. Not her real voice. It's not her real voice. And apparently, it's... opera singers sing pop songs. Right. I, that was the only thing that I was like, oh yeah, she's an opera singer, not and then only she pop sang songs, a pop song, but it the was... same ballad over and over and over. Okay, so that's the and song that I wanted to change to instead of never enough. It's look at my hands at them at right. them. Because she just kept doing the same thing over and over again. I, I was like, changed it to- where was the choreographer? Celine Dion has better armography than this bitch. Yes, but yes. at any rate. Wait, I want to take a second, though. I feel like Jenny, uh, the woman that played Jenny Lynn, actually did sing. No. It says it was that dubbed. she did. It was dubbed. No. Yes. No. Her, yes. No. Rebecca Ferguson's voice was dubbed by Lauren Alred. Ferguson had studied music and admitted that she can carry a tune, but since Jenny Lynn, her character, is considered the best singer in the world, dubbing her voice would be in service of the movie. However, in order to get into the role, Ferguson insisted on singing the song in front of the extras while filming. I see. But ultimately, that is not the voice that you hear. Okay, so this was a Natalie Wood situation where they got somebody else to sing for her. But she was not pushed off a boat by Robert Wagner and covered up for 40 years. Got it. Right. How many can I kill, Chino? Robert Wagner murdered Natalie Wood, and he is still out of jail. He played number two in the Austin Powers movies. We just need to take a moment. He murdered Natalie Wood, guys. Okay. This is real. Hashtag arrest Robert Wagner. <laughs> I feel like I may have just started something you that did. I can't get out and of. It's, and now it's like this is a snowball oh, rolling down a hill, Christ. and it's out of control. I'm not sorry. Um. All right. So, yeah, I liked it. What <clears throat> stuck out to me in this movie um, actually was the gal that played um, Hugh Jackman's Hugh Jackman's wife. Michelle Williams. Yeah, Michelle Williams. Mm. Um, she was wonderful. What I really liked about her is, you know, yeah, the songs are pretty and stuff, but her dancing was phenomenal. I think she and did. It looked like she did most of her. Yeah, dancing. I think she did. Yeah. And uh, and her singing was uh, fine. And then, She's fine. Um, but what I loved was her acting. Like, she was so genuine and so sweet. And a lot of the moments that she had with Hugh Jackman and her two daughters yes. um, were so, they were just so genuine. Like, being cute and, like, they seemed very spur of the moment and honest. And I really loved that. Yeah. Um, but then she also, too, like, she didn't stand for shit. She's like, you know, we're going up against stuff left and right. But I'm not going to let you walk all over me and do whatever you want. Again, 
maybe not necessarily true to real life, but in this story, I really appreciated that. And I thought that she had a very strong character. I felt that she was a perfect match with Hugh Jackman. <sighs> so I really liked her. Okay, so <laughs> I you have just been twiddling your thumbs and, and waiting to be able to dig into this and rip it a new one. So let's go you know pull th- on the pull on the rubber glove and let's have it. You know what this movie felt like? What did this movie feel like, Ben? You remember that episode of The Office where Andy tries to write his own song to to get even with Broccoli Rob because he did a song with some, like Broccoli Rob recorded a song with some rap artist. Uh-huh. And so Andy goes down into the warehouse with Kevin and Daryl and he writes that, says this little girl bring the troops home song. Me, please, Mr. President, if you want to give hope a world, bring our troops home safe and sound, says this little girl. That's exactly what this movie felt like. Okay. It, it made me feel like they thought I was an idiot. Got it. They were they were throwing all this flashy song and dance at me. Let me just say, let me get it out of the way. Okay. The song and dance numbers, the choreography... Some of the the some of the shots they used during the numbers were very inventive. Phenomenal. Great for like like uh, creating a spectacle. Yes. But that did not deter me from the shitty storytelling that happened. You could not be deterred. I could not be. He will not be. The president will not be deterred. <laughs> um, it was the script was horrendous. Okay. The 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 very fine actors. Also, did you notice how much caked on makeup was on Hugh Jackman's face? No, I did didn't. Did that pull your focus that at all? That did not. When he first... Okay, also, we have this Jesus Christ scenario where we we see him up until, like, he's 11 years old, and then he just disappears for 20 years. Oh, yeah, years, that's right. And then he shows back up. Right, because he goes at, through, like, the, like his the father dies, yes. and he's poor, and so he has to kind of figure his shit out. So, in the movie, uh, he... Yeah, yeah bug. In the movie, he joins the railroad and mm-hmm. and makes enough to basically pull himself out of school. Those were his Jean Valjean years. Who am I? See, this is that, where this all ties together. Right. Yes. Um, if we could, like, lace He went in... to France and became Jean Valjean and then right. came back as P.T. Barnum. Yeah, after he made Russell Crowe jump off a bridge, right. he couldn't live with himself anymore. Right, so, so he, he had moved to, go to the into, Americas. Right. Yeah. Get into witness protection mm-hmm. and become a man who... Founded the circus. It all makes sense. There we go. Yeah. What was I talking about? You're talking about Jesus. Oh, yeah. So we have this Jesus Christ scenario <laughs> where they gloss over not only his time in the railroad, but how during those formative years he had, uh, in in much like Donald Trumpian style, a shit ton of failed businesses. Uh-huh. Like he, he tried his hand at so many different things and failed so spectacularly that I guess he just came back and wanted to marry his childhood sweetheart. Right. But you know, he shows up at the door in the movie. He shows up at the door, and his face is, like, almost orange. You didn't notice how much makeup I he had on? I didn't notice that. It was so distracting. No, I didn't notice oh that. Oh, my God. Although, to be fair, keep in mind that he had been dealing with some skin cancer bouts. That's true. But that was just on his nose. We're uh, talking about his whole his face. His nose is on his face, Ben. I guess he had one on his cheek, too. Yeah. Right? Did he? Okay. So that could be why. But at any rate, Q, it was distracting. Q, I love you, and I'm sorry that you had face cancer, and I'm glad you're better yeah but it looked like you had way too much makeup on okay in your opening shot so that's a uh, that's a problem all yeah, right what else that was a big problem it didn't it again like you said it showcased how barnum how do i put this well so barnum, here's, yeah. here's an example okay so at, and again spoilers mm-hmm. at one point when the 
uh, the theater that they use mm. is burning down. Yes. Someone has set fire to it, and it's basically like the third <laughs> act. Everybody's at their lowest point. The there are these two elephants that are like standing there watching the thing burn down, and like they're just like kind of saddling up next to each other and going, Oh, oh poor Dumbo. Like they're so sad, and yeah. it's like, okay, A, that wouldn't fucking that, happen. No. But. But B, it it was exactly, I think, a perfect representation of the movie because, again, P.T. Barnum was a piece of shit who yes. treated animals like they were nothing. Not only his animals, but his this movie employees. makes it out, th- this movie in itself, and I think because of the day and age that it, it's been made in, yeah. I'm wondering if this was made 20, 30, 40 years ago, if it would have the same social impact that it does. And I think that's a big reason why the 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 soundtrack went like platinum like yeah. it's it's sold like i think 100 million copies i yeah. think um and again the music is great but mm-hmm. we're living in a time where people are very woke about discrimination about racism oh my gosh, like, yeah. and things that everyone should be aware of and of course fight against because right. we should all i i loved the movies messaging of inclusion and acceptance and this is me like yeah i'm battered and bruised but i'm gonna show up anyway i loved all of that but they tried to put the spin that that's the reason pt barnum wanted to form the circus to begin with he was just trying to make money Mm -hmm. he wasn't trying to like let these people be seen like oh they're gonna love you that kind of thing and and you notice there's this line in the trailer that's like no one ever did any good by being like everyone else or some shit, mm-hmm. did not end up in the final movie. Mm-hmm. So that pissed me off. Again, the movie made it seem like P.T. Barnum was seeking these people out because he cared for them. Right. He was just trying to make some goddamn money. Right. Because he was so far in debt. Like, his family, I guess, was living in squalor or whatever, and right. all of his other failed business ventures. Like, not to say, like, failure is bad and try something different, mm-hmm. but I don't think he cared about these people as much. Like, So there's this quote, and it's shown at the end of the movie. Okay. That I think is actually... This is the hotly debated topic uh-huh. of this movie, uh-huh. which is the quote is the noblest art is of making others happy. So beautiful. That what? is his quote of okay. saying that he actually said that. So sure. That's a noble art, but at what cost? Right. So that's the thing is that again, he mistreated animals he seems like he probably wasn't a very good person in real life. Yeah. But think of all the joy that he did bring to people who came to see the circus. Mm -hmm. So at the same time, it's like, okay, so are you justifying treating people poorly? Or, you know, is it like, it is a noble art to endeavor to make the world a better place, no matter what the cost. Yeah. So there's a, there's a two sided, it's a double, it's sort of like the role he played in the prestige where these, you have these two men who are so, who are so driven to not only like one up each other, right? But at the end, where you know, spoilers, Hugh Jackman's character Angier ends up dying, right? And they're like Christian Bale's talking about, oh, I beat you, you know, and Jackman's like, you never really understood why we did what we did, did you? Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't about this and this. it was about the look on their faces, right? That's why we did it, right? You know. So I, I can appreciate that and, and the the idea of building spectacle for the sake of like being able to escape or showing someone that, you know, they've never something they've never seen before, transporting mm-hmm. you to a different world through story and things like that. But if you look at like the living and working conditions of the people he hired, he he claimed to have the one hundred and sixty year old 
uh, nanny of George Washington who uh, had to be painted in blackface during his act. That conveniently wasn't in the movie. That uh, like that kind of stuff. You right. know, these are just things that you have to remember to again. Like P. T. Barnum wasn't like. He's not the pinnacle of talent and grace and charm that Hugh Jackman is, right. you know? And I understand wanting to make a musical based on the circus because the circus itself is spectacle. It's the right. perfect setting for a musical. Right. And you do know why this, this movie musical was made. <laughs> to put it on stage. Hugh Jackman's gonna, I bet my balls do a barn dance, he's gonna do... The opening six months of this, as soon as it opens on Broadway, because it's coming. Again, I appreciated the social uh, messages that it was trying to communicate. I, yeah. <laughs> I appreciate all of that, you know, and that really rings true to me, and I love that. It's just and it's right, equality. But Barnum was a bag of ass, and he treated his people horribly. All he was trying to do was make money. And if you look at the rest of his life, he went into politics. He actually did some legitimately good things. He was very much against slavery, I guess, and um, he was. It's interesting that he did blackface, but he was against slavery. Right, but it, but that was what he claimed to be a part of his show. But he still did it anyway. Right, you know, like none of this. He he wasn't the good man that's depicted in this movie. Right. Maybe bridging into Michelle Williams a little bit. There was like one point of the movie that I did not like that was a little ham-fisted as far as drama okay it's the end of the second act All where right. you have uh hugh jackman's been off on tour with his opera singer and she kisses him on stage and right. then it's in the papers and this is back when papers i guess couldn't do like photographs. actual photographs yeah, in the I paper get that i was Someone like had why to do like do a caricature of it right yeah. and so you see this etching of her kissing him and he comes home. He's like, I, it wasn't me. It was a, no, he didn't, no, 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 he didn't say that. And she's like, she's got her suitcases already. And she's storming out. And he's like, not even can we talk about this. Not even the fact like, oh, she kissed me. And yeah, of course there were photographers there. Can you listen for a sec? She's like, no, this is, this is enough, PT. And I'm on my way out. And oh, by the way, the bank is taking our house. <laughs> And so he's left with nothing, and his wife's gone, and like now our lead character's at his lowest point. Yeah. But since the the Leif Norby gang burned down the circus. Wait, the Leif Norby gang? The guy, the leader of this. <laughs> oh. There's this one. The one. It's lead not guy. a gang. Who actually? But these guys was show in up. Les Mis with Hugh Jackman. Are you kidding me? Nope. What? He was in Les Mis. This is getting with Hugh meta. Jackman. This is getting meta I'm levels. Not, this is like. Ben falling was in levels. a show. He was in Les Mis I with, with our friend Leif Norby. Yes, who played Javert. So this guy who's in so this it's not a gang that shows up in no, Greatest Showman. No, it's just Showman. a ragtag. It's like bunch a ragtag bunch ruffians. of white guys who yeah. are always like, ah, freaks, get out of here. Wait, I but there's like freaks. five or six of them, and they're always like getting into fistfights with yeah. the carnies in the street, I guess. Yeah. And for some reason, they keep welcoming them into the theater until they burn the fucking place down. And one of them looks like Leif Norby, the the leader of this pack. I'm just like, oh, it looks like looks like Leif Norby. But the Leif Norby gang, uh-huh. you know, burns down the place, and now Hugh Jackman's drinking himself into a stupor. And they all show up at the local bar. They sing a song, and he runs back home, and everything's great. <laughs> and then everyone leaves the bar and goes back to the burnt theater, and they just they're just hanging out outside. 
like picking through like dead bodies and shit. Well, no, they did that because they were waiting for Hugh Jackman to check with the bank to see if he would get another loan. So they met at the burnt down theater. Well, it's why it's, not meet back at the bar? They meet wanted me, some meet fresh me air, fire. some fresh burnt air. You know, they needed to get outside. I guess. I don't know. Fuck, man. At any rate. Anyways. So, is there anything from this movie that stuck out to you that we haven't covered already? That stuck out to me that we haven't covered. I did not like the fact that he rode an elephant to the theater at the end of the movie. I didn't like oh, it either. the CGI'd okay. animals. Okay. The CGI'd lions I, and the CGI'd elephants I agree with that. Awful. They were really they bad. They stuck out in a horrible they way. They were bad. Like, I also didn't appreciate it's like, okay, horses can't march in time. No. And these horses did. They're like, don't fight it, we'll try, 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 try. I'm like, horses can't fucking do that. No. They'd be so, terrified by his vibrato anyway. They'd go <laughs> running, running Tell me, do you want to go? <laughs> then they're gone. Yeah. You know, it's like someone saying Frau Blue. No, I agree. Uh, right. the, the CG was not very well it done. It was very bad. Um, okay, so then now we have a different kind of trivia today. Oh, okay. Um, because you wanted to do trivia about P.T. Barnum. Oh, sure. And then I was going to do trivia about the actual show itself. Okay. Okay? Great. So, cue the trivia music. Um, so why don't I go first? Because it looks like you're Great. pulling up the stuff. Yeah, okay. go ahead. So, um, let's see here. When did this film when was this film originally projected to start projected to start yep so i know hugh jackman he he's quoted in interviews about this being like an eight-year journey mm-hmm. i'm gonna say 2008 that's really close 2009 yeah. oh wow okay 2009 okay. was when this was supposed to be happening okay and it just didn't happen up until this point okay um so it, oh here it is it's because of this due to the studio's unwillingness to take a risk on an original musical. Yeah. That was the okay. reasoning for it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> do you want me to do another one or do you have your I can up? do one. All right, here I we go. I can do one. Uh, part of his act was a gentleman named Isaac W. Sprague, who was dubbed the Living Skeleton. Okay. Who suffered from a form of muscular atrophy standing five foot six and weighing only 44 pounds. Oh, God. So he died. Okay. Guess what P.T. Barnum did with his body? Did he stuff it? Mm-hmm. He stuffed the body? He stuffed it and put it on display <gasps> and charged people for an admission to his autopsy. Oh, my God. Good That's guy. That's so fucked Such a good guy. Uh, Did you see that in the movie? Was there a song about that? No. My stuffy little friend. Oh, my, my God. My stuffy friend and me. The original Pooh Bear. Right. Anyway. Um. So <laughs> who did the trapeze stunts for Sendaya? Who did the trapeze stunts? Mm-hmm. They weren't that complicated, actually. So I'm going to say she did them. She did. She did. She did. I'm not going to say she didn't stunts. put in hard work. I'm I'm saying that look, you know, looking back, <laughs> I I don't remember a a complicated aerial stunt. Some of them I feel like they were a little bit difficult, but you but know. that wasn't her character doing. She originally was supposed to have a stunt, but uh, then they would come up with ideas and she would just do them. Okay. So she Again, I will say the, the number, the the way they, they filmed Rewrite the Stars yes. with the aerials and all that kind of stuff was very cleverly done. Yes. Again, like most of the numbers in the movie, they were ve- like they, they found a very inventive way to tell that portion of the story. Yes. So Okay, your turn. Props. Your turn. Um guess how much younger his wife was than him? Uh ten years? Forty years. Forty years? Yep. His wife was 40 
years younger. I don't know if it was actually Charity, but one of his wives, I want to say his oh. name. Oh, excuse, yeah, he uh, he had a very hasty second marriage. His first wife's death uh, <laughs> after okay, she died. Okay, you just laughed after you no. said his wife okay, died. So after his first wife died, yes. he married a woman that was 40 years younger. Jesus Christ. He's good, but it's, it's love, guys. You know, you can't it's you it. can't fight the luck. You can't you can't, you can't stop the beat. Nope. Um, another Zach Efron reference. Another and Zac a show Efron. that you were in. Yes, Megan I was, was in, in Hairspray. Hairspray. Yeah. I played Penny, and it was one of the most fun things ever. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Um, so Hugh Jackman said that this was one of the most difficult films mm. he has ever had to prepare for. He read <clears throat> several books about P.T. Barnum I'm before sure doing this because yep. he's a fucking professional. Mm. What other movie did he say was equally as difficult as this movie? Uh, is there any particular like reason or just equally as difficult? Just equally as difficult. I bet he Les said Mis it was, was hard. He said it was equally as difficult. I bet Les Mis was hard. No. No? Logan. Oh yeah. Well, shit. And, and I think we talked about this in our last podcast where yeah. he had to not only up his... But he's playing two different versions of Wolverine. Right. You know? So, yeah. Oh, my gosh. So he Because that's the thing is that this is a different kind of difficult. Not only did he have to do, of course, acting and stuff like that, but he had to, you know, dig into his dancing and singing chops, which he mm-hmm. hasn't done in a while. Mm-hmm. And on top of it also, too, he had this stuff going on with his skin, which yep. actually... There was one point when they were doing a rehearsal and his nose just started bleeding. Yeah. Because he, he was wasn't singing. supposed to sing. He's not supposed to sing he while did it he was recovering from right. fucking cancer being removed yeah. from his face. He did it anyway. All right, your turn. Um, uh, looping back to uh, the, <laughs> the, gr- the great things that Barnum did, uh, he purchased a slave. He purchased a slave named oh. Joyce Heth. But who he was, was against slavery? Joyce Heth was 80 years old, whom he bought for a thousand pounds, which would have been around. 1350 and 1835. Oh my god. Rebranded her as George Washington's 160 year old nanny. And she herself became a traveling exhibit in his act. Didn't show up in the movie. Nope. 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 That's cool though. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, okay. This one's gonna make you really mad. Oh, yeah, bring it on. The director, Michael Gracie, uh, compared this movie to three popular movie musicals. Oh, I know Mulan Rouge is one of them. It's not. Really? No. Okay. Give me, you have five chances. Three, we'll, we'll take away three movie Mulan musicals? Rouge. Three movie musicals that he said the movie is similar to. Okay. The Music Man? No. Okay. That's one. That, the, that it's similar to? Yes. Are they current? No. No. Carousel. No. That's two. Damn. You've got three just chances. It's a circus. I know. Oklahoma? No. No. Three. Now I'm just threading in a Hugh Jackman show. I know. Um, Pull away from the Jackman. <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. No. Uh, that's just. Oh, okay. That wasn't goes. a real thing. No, okay. no, no. Um, and uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers. I don't no. fucking okay. know. West Side Story. Mm. Mary Poppins. Mmm. And the sound of music. How is it similar to any of these movies? What the fuck? Uh, what a stupid thing to say. <laughs> That's what he said he felt the movie was similar to. Oh. I knew the Mary Poppins one was gonna get you. If Mary Poppins uh, was a was a was like a, a member of the fucking I don't know. Okay, that's that upsetting. upset. It. All right. 
Let's do, let's make this the last one. All right. Perhaps most upsetting was an African-American boy, William Henry Johnson, who suffered from microephaly or some shit, which meant he had a tiny sloping head. His act, in quotes, involved sitting in a cage, dressed in a furry suit, shrieking and rattling the bars and pretending to be the wild man of Africa or a man monkey. At other times, he was exhibited as Zip the Pinhead. What? Yeah. So the whole act was this guy had a weird forehead. Yeah. And That's he was it. billed as the wild man of Africa or a man monkey. P.T. Barnum, folks. So tell me, do you want to go? <laughs> I Where actually. color was... with all the, the colored whites. <laughs> I actually. was a piece of garbage. I actually wanted us to sing a song for this, but I couldn't think of anything clever really? fast enough. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, you know, we could record it later and then add it on here. Yeah, we could sing Rewrite the Movie. Or Rewrite the Stars, excuse me. <laughs> Freudian slut. Slip. Oh my god! This uh, movie made me... it Again, like, the creators of this movie... I'm not saying Hugh Jackman. I would never blame him for anything. No, ever. But I'm saying that the creators of the movie made me feel that they thought that I was an idiot. All right, so then if you enjoy Hugh Jackman so much, here I come. Mm -hmm. Look out, because here I come. Mm -hmm. If you think that Hugh Jackman is so wonderful, uh -huh. why would he have signed on to do this movie? Again, like, the setting. You you can set a, a, a very good, showy musical in a circus setting. But he clearly knew that P.T. Barnum was not a very good I'm person. I'm sure. Not to say P.T. Barnum didn't do good things in his life. He did. He essentially not. He essentially created show business in the United States. Right. And also another thing that I couldn't stop thinking of was like the plotline of Gangs of New York is happening just miles downtown. <laughs> just, just right down in the Bowery. Right. You know. And I'm like, ugh, Bill the Butcher cutting like Daniel Day Lewis and Leo DiCaprio right. are just going, going at, at it. With it. Knives. You know. Yeah. Uh, anyway, that's just something that I thought of. All right. Um, so there, there were good things that Barnum did in his life, I'm sure, and I, I think I could find some and list them. Um, but again, like the circus portion in his life, which, by the way, he did not get into until he was in his sixties. Right. So I understand that you bring Hugh Jackman, the most charming, photogenic, song and dance, legitimate film actor who could play this role. Yes. Into this movie. Yes. Why would you not want to play P.T. Barnum in a musical about his quote-unquote life? Right. I wouldn't, I don't fault Hugh Jackman for that. Like, mm -hmm. not only is it a good paycheck, but I think he had a lot to do with the production, like, on the producing side. Right. Like, he had a lot of say. He probably had a lot of control. And two, something I noticed that in the backstage, uh, behind-the-scenes videos mm -hmm. is that all of the people that were playing the other fellow ensemble people... Yeah. Um, people who were playing like the bearded lady and such like that, yeah. they very much had an emotional investment in this project yes. and had for several years. Yes. And so the thing that is interesting to me and I think is actually kind of an ethical dilemma when uh -huh. it comes to this, clearly this is a caramelized version of a terrible person. Yes. Again, so, just to be clear, yeah. Barnum did some horrible things. Yes. I'm not saying he was a horrible man. Okay. I'm Again, I'm sure he did a lot of good I'm sure he did. Okay. But the the time and the setting of this movie at this point in his life yeah. to create the circus right. made it seem that he created it to 
bring the quote-unquote freaks or the yes. unaccepted right. into the limelight because he supported them. Right. Which he did not. Right. He wanted to make money off of these people. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yes. They just altered the, socio, the, the social messages mm -hmm. to fit into something uplifting, and it absolutely is. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, I'm like, this is a, it's like someone making a musical of Donald Trump's life and being like, oh, he actually brought people together and the people who build his wall really needed the jobs and shit like that. Right. And I'm just like, you, you, I don't know if you can separate the two. Right. I don't know if you can separate the actual, because this is based on a historical figure. Right. This guy existed. He was real. Yeah. And put like all this sugarcoating, like you said, on top of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it works to a point, I guess. It, it works for the showmanship. It works for the... The theatricality and deception to get a little Batman on you. Right. Powerful agents to the uninitiated, you know? Like, everything yes. is happening in front of you that you right. don't see what's happening behind you, behind right. the curtain. Right. It's this whole Wizard of Oz kind of shit. It is. Yes. So, at any rate, Anyways. you did not like it. I still like it. I will still listen to it. I'm curious, though. Are you going to be uncomfortable singing these songs now? No. Or are you going to shake your head no. when this song comes? No. I just want I want people to understand that there is a that there's another side to this P.T. Barnum coin. I see. And to to really you know like it makes me think of people like Joseph Joseph Smith, That's a uh, L. Ron Hubbard, yeah, people who continuously reinvented themselves. So of course they wouldn't go under, which is sort of part of the American dream. And right. of course you want to provide and have money and do well and success and all of that. Like I'm not against that. Sure. But don't make this guy out to be, you know, Something Jesus come not. off the cross who yeah. wanted to bring all these people into the limelight. No, I want to support you. They'll cheer you on. And anyways. So if you're okay with singing a song from The Greatest Showman, would you sing a song with me? Absolutely. Okay. So we're going to finish our podcast today. Mm -hmm. We don't know what we're going to watch next. Right. Wait, what did you, what were you going to watch? I was going to say Godfather 1 and 2. Uh, both? They have to be watched at the same time. In my opinion, both of the first two movies should be watched back to back. Because the third is kind of its own separate little thing. What the fuck? But Godfather Part 1 and 2 uh -huh. should be watched together. So it'll be a nice, we'll Finale start at like 5 p.m. one night and then just go until 10. You know, All right. Be, okay, I'm down. I'm yeah. down. All right. So our final show will be the Godfather. For season one will be the Godfather Part, part one, 1 and, and two, 2. The Rise of Michael Corleone. And so to end this <laughs> podcast, we are going to sing, mm. Why Don't We Rewrite the Show? <laughs> okay, are you ready? Ready. Okay, let's yep. sing it. Let's do this. Why don't we rewrite this wrong? Make sure the story is right. Get rid of those extra parts and tell the truth. It's not hard to find. PT wasn't nice. He wasn't cool. He was a jerk and kind of a tool. Why don't we rewrite this song? Tell it the way that it was tonight. Barney did shitty things, and then he did them all over again. He just didn't give a damn, except for once or twice when he was kind of nice. Then he was cold as ice. It's time to rewrite this wrong. Animal cruelty ain't right. If you 
just take off the parts It can seem like his actions were fine They're not justified He conned and he lied He scanned people for most of his life Now that we rewrote this song Maybe we all can move on Tonight You know I want to Enjoy the spectacle and the dance And though I love you Thought he could save it, but he just can't. Fucking hated this movie. <laughs>